Welcome to Massive Late Fee, and now your hosts, Mark and Carol. Well, hello, everyone. <laughs> Welcome back to Massive Late what, Fee. What is happening? I heard another voice. My name's Mark. Yeah, that's... <laughs> That was still that was still the theme song. You heard another voice. I did. That was my voice. Okay. Just again. Oh, it was just playing over again. That's good because the, yes, I was a little okay. concerned. You're not going insane. <laughs> Carol's having auditory hallucinations. There was a very quiet man in my microphone or in my headset. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> he tells me to do things. Oh, my goodness. Well, he's telling me to tell everyone that uh, this is Massive Late Fee. Uh, with me, as always, is my crazy fiance, Carol. How are you doing today, Carol? Hey, what's up? Not much. It's been a good week here. It is September 5th, 1998. It is. Happy Labor Day. Labor Day weekend. Woo-woo. Yeah, it's the Labor Day weekend, everyone. All right, so for a story, everybody, for Labor Day weekend, it's the the premiere, the uh, the Hollywood premiere, but it's not Hollywood. It's in, I believe, Royal Oak. Okay. The Arts, Beats, and Eats Festival, a hmm. festival where they're going to have arts, beats, and eats. So, like a dude named Art is, is- going to beat his wife. <laughs> <laughs> and eat his own socks. Ew. Labor Day weekend festival makes its debut. What? This is this is going to answer all your questions. What? The premiere of Arts, Beats, and Eats, a four-day festival of food, entertainment, and art. More than 100 artists, 30 restaurants, and 60 local and national music acts will be part of the festival. Organizers say their aim is is to create the combined atmosphere of A Taste of Chicago, the Ann Arbor Arts Fair, and the New Orleans Jazz and Heritage Festival. Wow, that is ambitious. When? Friday through Monday. Hours are 11 a.m. to 10.30 p.m. Where? Events will be centered in six square blocks of downtown Pontiac. Oh, I was wrong. It's in Pontiac. Uh, Who? Who, Carol? (laughs) Organizers hope the event draws 400,000 people. Wow. That'd be quite the fucking crowd. Parking is available at the Phoenix Plaza in downtown Pontiac, the Silver Dome, and behind Summit Place Mall on Telegraph. Is downtown Pontiac and Royal Oak really that close to each other? Not at all. Not in any way. Okay. So why? Why what? Why would they have parking? In, I mean, I know those it's of you who don't Pontiac. live local. Oh, okay. I thought it was in Royal Oak. It's in Pontiac. <laughs> I was mistaken. It does happen from time to time. Cost. Admission is free. You pay for your own food and drink. Or, you know, I could pay for yours. Ah. Yak attack. The fuck? The Detroit Free Press. Well, yeah, there's there are free-roaming yaks. <laughs> Uh, the Detroit Free Press will sponsor Yak's Corner, a 5,000-square-foot interactive area for children featuring comedy, magic, music, and, of course, the Yak. That's kind of cool. You can call 248-334-4600 to find out more or on the web at www.artsbeats.com. 
eats.com. Maybe we should uh, take my niece and nephew to this thing. Maybe. I mean, look at the, this is what they, the, the there's a diagram, everyone, that you can't see. <laughs> but it's quite grandiose, right? Yeah. They've got a lot going on. They do have a lot going on. Now, let me read you a little bit about what they've going on, what they've got going on. And then we can discuss what you think of the Arts, Beats, and Eats Festival. Okay. There's going to be Eats, obviously. Here's the music schedule, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, they have the Jeff Healy Band. Healy's background is the stuff of good drama, born with eye cancer. Ooh. He was blind by age one and t- taught himself to play guitar by three. Wow. Within three years, the Canadian youngster was performing publicly. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Good for him. Johnny Winter is going to be there. He's an albino. Mm-hmm. Um, he really is. <laughs> um, he really is? Yes. Oh, <laughs> I thought you were making a joke. Lucinda Williams is going to be there. Uh, Morris Day in the Time. I don't recognize any of these names. Morris Day in the Time? Yeah. They were in uh, Purple Rain, you know, that like... Um, do that uh, jungle love. Oh, we, oh, we, oh. I wish. Oh, you don't know that? Sorry. Okay. Sorry. Uh, Martina McBride. I recognize her. Yeah. But still. Here's some. Uh, so let's see. Who didn't make the cut? Uh, Sean Blackman and John Arnold. Face. American Mars. Uh, Scandinavian String Quartet, Country Legends and Superstars. Uh, let's see, o- O.C. Roberts and the Samaritans. <laughs> oh my god. Big Head Todd and the Monsters. Big Head Todd. Yeah, interesting. Uh, Eliza, Danny Cox, Surfin' Pluto, Kung Fu Diesel. Let's see. Some interesting names. Absolutely, yeah. The Gang Choir. The Gang Choir. Mm -hmm. There's a story there. Lisa Cunningham and Seventh Heaven. Hmm. Uh, Let's see, what else? At at the Kmart National Stage on Sunday, there's going to be the Foxgloves, the Volcanoes. G-R-R. Grr? Yeah, grr. It's uh, Tony the Tiger's band. Right. We're great. <laughs> uh, anyway, so. My dad got Tony the Tiger's autograph at the at the market. What? <laughs> yeah, I swear to God, he got a picture and an autograph. Tony the Tiger. At the market? <laughs> yes. <laughs> this happened in 1971. <laughs> I don't know. At the market. <laughs> What, when he was like a boy or something? No. Oh, okay. It was at the Foodland. Oh, wow. Foodland. Yeah. I love Foodland. It's where I used to grocery shop all the time when I lived in Ferndale. What about Farmer Jack? Yeah, that was when I lived in Redford. We shopped there. All right. (laughs) What about Beyond the Simpsons, Carol? What about it? Matt Groaning. Graining? I always think of groaning. I don't know. Matt groaning. Oh, the (laughs) brains behind The Simpsons has spun into orbit a new series for Fox called uh, Futurama. Uh, Free Press TV writer Mike Duffy says Futurama 
set for launch in early 1999, aims to transport the wickedly irreverent, rambunctiously satiric pop culture sensibility of The Simpsons to life in the far-off future. Hmm. That sounds kind of interesting. Yeah. I mean, I'll check it out. I liked The Simpsons in the past. Futurama. You like The Simpsons and you like the future, so. (laughs) And you like Ramas. Dope. (laughs) That's probably what it's going to be. But it'll be be future dough. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, like, South Park's kind of like, kind of like The Simpsons. A little. Yeah, I mean, a little bit. But a little more crude. Yeah, it's cruder. It has a little more edgy of a take, I think. Yeah. Simpsons is more family-friendly-esque. I mean, kind of. Yeah. There's some questionable shit in there, too. I suppose. Bart says bitchin' sometimes and eat my shorts, you know, it's... Did you ever play the Simpsons video game? Yeah, it was deceptively hard. Yeah, and like, you know, you'd fight the space aliens. Yeah, absolutely. Do the prank phone calls. Mm -hmm. I loved it. Did you ever have an Eat My Shorts t-shirt? No, because I'm a girl. I did. Ah, Because I am not a girl. Exactly. Anymore. Um, So, speaking of girls, though. Speaking of. Speaking of girls and boobs. What a movie. We watched The Slums of Booberly Hill, I mean, Beverly Hills. <laughs> yeah. It, it. Dylan did not show up. Dylan? Yeah, Dylan and Brandon did not show up. I, I oh. assume because they're in the slums. <laughs> right. And it's 1976. I don't think there are slums in Beverly Hills, though. Really? Well, I mean, these were... So, like, you hear about stuff like that all the time, like in Orlando, right? There's Disneyland and shit like mm-hmm. that. And it's a big tourist attraction, but then um, in the area, like, right around it, those hotels are, like, shit. And, like, huh. yeah. Like, there are people living in poverty, like, a mile away from, you know, this. The happiest this, place on earth. Exactly, that yeah. sucks. So they live in, like, the shadow of this, like, just giant thing. And the juxtaposition. Someone should make a movie about that. Right. And the juxtaposition between those two things. It's interesting. But I think there are... There are not slums in the way we think of slums. Right. But there are people who are like whatever slumming it. Like he says, they want they could have they could live much better in a different zip code. Mm-hmm. But he is obsessed the dad, Alan Arkin, is obsessed with the address, mm-hmm. the status. He says it's for the school systems, but he wants to be an important person. And he has an idea that important people live in Beverly Hills. If he doesn't live in Beverly Hills, what is he? That's crazy. But I think that's what he's thinking. Yeah. He, he's a freak. <laughs> Everybody in this movie is a freak, though. Like, there's not one normal What are you character. talking about? I'm a freak? <laughs> it's a good Alan Arkin, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's so... It's... It's a complicated movie, this movie, The Slums of Beverly Hills. It's it's a single dad who has custody of, what, three children? Three children. Two boys and a girl. And they're all, like, teenagers. Well, the one, the youngest one's maybe, like, 10 or 11. But... The youngest one's in curls. <laughs> no, yeah, I think he's supposed to be, like, 10 or 11 years old. The, the daughter, who does not look, uh, I mean, just saying, she doesn't look... 15. 14 or 14? 15. Well, she's supposed to be a freshman yeah. oh, in high 14, school. Yeah. So I think she's either 14 or 15, who knows. But 
Uh, she does not look it. No. And neither uh, do her breasts. Well, actually, I mean, they're pretty perky, so I guess maybe that is what a 14 year old's breast would look like, but <laughs> ew. Sorry. <laughs> and uh, then her brother is older, I believe. I think he's supposed to be like 18 or something like that, mm. or 19. I think he's like going to college. Okay. He's supposed to be going to college in the fall, and he's a. Uh, a theater dude. He but, wants to be in theater. Yeah, instead of going to college, he's going to be doing plays. No, he's going to do both, but mm. that's like the summer production or whatever. Guys and Dolls. Great movie. Yeah. Um, But yeah, the movie basically centers on her. It's a coming age, it's coming of age story for this, this girl. I mean, she definitely has some coming of age moments in this movie. Played by a newcomer, um... Whose name is... Oh, I don't know. Don't look at me. I can't... Let me... She has some crazy hair, I'll tell you. Like, she's got red, like, just mm -hmm. frizzy everywhere mountain of hair. I like her hair. It's interesting. I mean, it gives her whole look personality. I thought she was uh, attractive. She's a pretty girl. And she's 18, everyone. Don't worry. (laughs) Were those her breasts? I don't think so. Because they never show, whenever they show breasts in the movie, they never show a face. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's I was going to point that out. Natasha Leone is her name. Uh, Marissa Tomei is also of of, uh, of um, my cousin Vinny fame. Yeah. Is also in this movie, plays her, her aunt. And also has her a, cousin. a new, cu- her cousin. Yeah. Also has a nude scene, but again, yes. no face. So. Well, that's the thing is both times, there. I think there are two. There's two shots of breasts in this movie, right? Maybe more? I think two or three. Okay. Well, there's two, I guess, where you see the actual breasts, and there's the other one where the breasts are just very showcased. <laughs> where the guy's, you know, learning to dial a radio or whatever you want. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's her. Yeah. Well, because yeah, because you don't see the breasts. You don't, you don't see the breasts, and you can see her face. She might have been 17 when this was made. I don't know. That might be part of it. And I think Marissa Tomei is too big of a star. To show her actual nudity. But like you said, both times that the breasts are exposed, it's shot like... I don't know if this is on purpose, but it's very much obviously the only focus. Mm-hmm. It's the entire screen is taken up with the breasts. Yes, yeah, I think it is the, pro- the whole point. But I also think it's very easy to do a body double in that case. Yeah. And I don't think either of these actresses actually went nude in this movie. Agreed. But... I mean, yeah, the, the I think it was the same breasts, honestly. Could be, yeah. They they looked very similar, if not identical. I didn't I didn't commit them to memory. <laughs> sorry. I know you did for later use for whatever, <laughs> but I didn't. Um, very perky pink nipples. Nice. <laughs> Case anybody was wondering. And yours are. Uh, you you want to reveal the, no. the color here on the air? No. What the fuck? Anyway, so... Um, <laughs> weirdo. So, this movie starts out with breasts. She's getting a bra. Yeah. Her first ever bra. Oh, yeah, and she's complaining that they're pointy. <laughs> she doesn't want a pointy bra. Yeah. Is she, because she doesn't want to showcase them. Mm-hmm. She is a more developed girl, and the dad, you know, is all like, uh, oh, it just happened overnight, you know, and, and all this stuff and everything. <laughs> but they said she got it from her mom. Who is completely out of the picture. Yeah, her, their mom lives back east. 
That's all they say. I assume they're from New York. Yeah. You know what's nuts to me, though? Is Cashews. like If they're, they're all so crazy, yet he was the more choice parent. He was the one that got the kids. How bad does their mom have to be? Yeah, well, we never, so we never find out why they broke up. Mm -mm. We never find out what's going on with her. I think she has another husband. So, like, I believe the implication is just kind of like he was an absentee husband and, and, but I don't know. There's, they, they don't, they don't delve into that relationship really. That's, I guess that's not really part of the movie. Right. The movie's more about her and, her interaction with, like you said, all these insane people. She's insane, too. Well, look at the family she comes from. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she makes some interesting decisions. As a woman yourself, mm-hmm. could you relate to any of, like, the coming-of-age kind of stuff, you know? Like, you develop breasts and, like, you know, you're you're curious. It's like, well, what's it feel like if somebody touches them, you know, or whatever? Like, no? I mean... Sure, I guess, but I mean, I wouldn't be like, hey, touch my breasts while I'm waiting for the laundry to dry. That's a little weird. Well, it was the 70s. They didn't have a lot to do. (laughs) I guess. You Um, think it was weird, huh? Yeah, I think it was a weird thing to do. Um, Why are you looking at me like that? I don't know. I don't think it was that weird. Okay. Like, so. He's a stranger who she just met. Kind of. She a, just met him. He's a drug-dealing neighbor. Exactly. Is he supposed to be an adult? Yes. Then that's fucked. The whole thing's fucked up then. I mean, he he dropped out of high school. So, I mean, I don't know if the implication is that he's supposed to be in high school, but he certainly looks like an adult to me. Like, I yeah. figure he's like 20. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. They, they... Although, I guess he's still living with his folks. I don't know. I don't know. We never see them. That's true. Uh, at the beginning of the movie, uh, he wakes them up in the middle of the night and is like, let's go. We got to go. Because they're skipping out on their fucking rent. Right. So, like, is this what he does? He just, from place to place every month so they don't have to pay rent? That's I mean, fucked I th- up. Well, it, that's, I think that's the implication because, like, she's, she's, when he wakes her up, she's like, no, not again. I just, you know, like, what, like. It seems like this happens a lot. Right. Which sucks. Like, that's no way to live. Well, obviously. But they, she's like, you know, they don't have furniture. They don't have a lot of permanent things Mm -hmm. because they don't have any money and they have to be ready to go, like, right now. Right. They leave shit behind. Yeah, she's complaining about that. Like, what about the stuff we left? Like, the hand towels. And he's like, who gives a shit? But you should have those things. Yeah. They they stop at the Sizzler to eat. It's like their thing. He is very racist towards... Oh, my uh, God. He calls the, the, the server Jackson, which is not a term anymore. I didn't... I've never even heard of it, honestly. Like, it's I didn't like, even know that it was a racial thing. It's kind of like saying boy. Oh. It's like uh, just a, like a catch-all, like Jackson, you know, like like that. Yeah, he's trying to get the guy to come over, and he just completely ignores him because he's being a dick. He's pissed. Yeah. He, like, throws down his rag or whatever. He's not happy about it. No, I don't blame him. Um, But, yes, and then they skip out on the bill. Did you notice that? They don't, don't, like, make that a feature or whatever, but before the bill comes, he's like, 
let's get out of here, you know, or whatever. And uh, he's like, I'm, he's like, go to the bathroom, me too. I'm, I'll be in the car or whatever. And he comes to the car. Oh, wow. No, I didn't really yes, catch that. Skip out on that bill. Wow. I think it's funny, though. Like, if, if the whole point is they're staying in Beverly Hills, mm-hmm. so they're not moving far. It's always the same general area. Sure. So it must be the same sizzler that they keep going back to. Oh, I mean, maybe not. It could be different sizzlers. But there's not going to be that many sizzlers within a radius of Beverly Hills. That's true. So they have to at least be go- planning to go back. They're going to the, the sizzler in Torrance. <laughs> so. They have to, eventually they'll have to go up to San Jose for the, for the sizzler. <laughs> right. They'll spend more in gas than it would be in the, the, uh, the bill. Um, so they, they skip out on the bill. They move into this new place. Also kind of a shithole. Mm-hmm. And they have the drug dealing neighbor. Who wears a Charles Manson t-shirt the entire time. And he talks about Charles Manson a lot. And he has the he has the Helter Skelter book in his car. Yeah. And he has like passages memorized and shit. It's really weird. Like what kind of person is he supposed to be? All we know about him is he's a drug dealer obsessed with Charles Manson. Yeah, I'm, and I'm he was willing him. to grope a uh, teenage girl in the laundry room and do more and do more of <laughs> later. Yeah, well, he started like he started taking off his pants. Yeah, when he was like, and she's like, "No, just touch my boobs." Yeah, he was like, "Oh, cool, we're gonna have sex." Mm-hmm. But like, what the next day they do? Like, it wasn't very long. The whole movie only takes place over the span of a few days. I think it's supposed to be a little longer than that. I don't know. But he never changes. He's always wearing the same shirt. Yes. He's always wearing his Charles Manson shirt. Like, does he only own one outfit? He must not be doing well with his drug dealing business. Yeah, no kidding. I don't know. Maybe that's his brand. Okay. Manson drugs. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, these drugs will make you want to kill. Right. Um, But anyway, so... Yeah, he's we- he's a weirdo. And as you alluded to, later they end up having sex in her car. His car. Yeah, his car, yeah. He takes her virginity. Which, you know, he acts like he's surprised, like he had no clue that she was a virgin, but she's, she's a 14. child. Yeah. And she well, she she kind of claims that she's not a virgin and stuff. I don't know. No, We're, she was a virgin. She said that after they had sex. After they had oh. sex, before then though. Oh, okay. Were things looser in the seventies? Like I don't understand how this is just okay. Yeah, I don't know. This guy's just fucking a teenager. I think so, though. I mean, they're just kind of coming out of, like, the free love era at that point. I don't know. I guess so. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. Uh, wouldn't fly nowadays. Um, what? You think it would? I mean, I don't think it flew then. Nobody knew. Well, yeah. But I'm saying, like, I, people would be more, I don't know. I think, I think, I don't know. I think it'd be, I, th- I think it's only acceptable in this movie because it's the past. I guess. Like, I think. People would be up in arms if it was supposed to be like a modern thing. I see what you're saying. You think that the audience would not? Okay. Yeah, I think they'd riot in the theater. <laughs> in the theater. How dare you? Uh, but they're like, uh, they're like, hey, you, you're too old to be fucking that teenager. And uh, someone's like, it's the 70s. And he's like, oh, carry on, friends. <laughs> uh, but uh, anyway, so I'm trying to think how we want to tackle this exactly. I don't know. I just keep thinking of things that happened and I want to talk about it. Like, Okay. Think of something that happened. The dad is trying to date this. I think she's rich. This lady. Oh yeah. And the one from PCU. Remember PCU? Everyone. Kinda? She was like the, the mean Dean mm-hmm. at, at PCU. 
But, like, this seems weird, too. It's like as soon as she meets this drug dealer kid, mm-hmm. he's with their family all the time. It's like they adopted him or something. Yeah. Because he's even there at this woman's house with the family having dinner. Oh, my God. I didn't even notice that. Yeah. He's there when she gets her period on the chair. You're right. And then he asks about it later. He's like, were you not done with your period? Because she was bleeding after they had Mm -hmm. sex. Oh, no. So I guess it was long enough for her to finish a period. Yeah. I think think it's supposed to take place over a few weeks. Wow. Or maybe even a couple months. Maybe. But, um, yeah, so... He's t- at the Sizzler. He's having a conversation with his brother. Unbeknownst to us. On the phone. The, unbeknownst to us at the time, it's Carl Reiner. Mm-hmm. TV's Carl Reiner. TV's Alan Brady's, the, the Dick Van Dyke show's Carl Reiner. Okay. Uh, and he, um, Rob Reiner's dad, Carl Reiner. He, um, the thousand year old, no, I'm just joking. Anyway, um. Mel Brooks' best friend, Carl Okay, we got it. Thanks. <laughs> he's talking to him, and he's like, yeah, my fucking daughter ran away. She's in drug problems and stuff like that. I'll tell you what, if uh, somebody could take care of her, I'd, I'd pay him. And uh, Alan Arkin's money, you say. Right. Let's find her. Yeah. So he goes on a hunt to look for her. Uh, we saw her earlier. Trying to, fl- she's in a robe, mm-hmm. trying to flag down cars in the, in the middle of the road. Barefoot. Yeah, who are just driving past her. And then there's a semi-truck. She's standing in front of it. It's like going to plow her down. He's like, ah, 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 like with the horn and everything. She opens up her robe to expose her breasts and, and presumably the bottom, everything. the bottom half of her. And he stops. If she hadn't gotten nude, was he not going to stop? <laughs> Is he just going to kill her? I don't know. Oh, breasts. Wait, we've got to stop. <laughs> and Save then, the breasts. And then what's the implication when she gets in? Like. she going to fuck him for a ride? Maybe? Is that like, is that, was that, that's her reward for flashing him? Now you get a ride? Or is it an invitation for more things? I don't know. I, I don't, I don't understand the context at all of that whole situation. They never explain it. Like, she had previously been in rehab. Was she f- running away from rehab? We don't know. Was she high because she has a drug problem? Like, was she running from somebody? Cause when she's found, she only has one bottle of pills, and it's diuretics. Yeah. Not That's drugs. True. That's true. But why did she end up getting arrested? Why is she on diuretics in her condition, too, by the way? Yeah. Well, she was trying to lose weight because she feels like she's getting fat. But we know why she's getting fat. She's but pregnant. Th- yeah, she got pregnant. Uh, well, at least maybe she, she's pregnant with the truck driver's baby. At least she says she's pregnant. Yeah. We never actually see her start to develop a belly. But it wasn't that long. I, I know. But like, we have to hold open the possibility that she's lying or about the pregnancy. that she's mistaken. Yeah. She's she, very dumb. She could very well be pregnant. Yeah. Because it wouldn't really affect the film if she was or wasn't. But. Based on her character, we have to assume that it's possible she's just making it up. Why would she? She wants that guy. She wants to get with that dude. The guy who she says is the father. But the thing that made him not want to be with her. Yeah, I guess that's true. She probably is pregnant. And she was worried because she goes to nursing school. 
Because her father needs her to be, you know, working towards a goal or something. Yeah. Alan Arkin finds her, brings her into the home, and then uh, uh, Carl Reiner starts paying him every month for having her. And it's enough for them to move into the nice... Fa- they, they move out immediately from yeah. the one apartment to nice, fancy, furnished apartments across the street. Yeah, just right across the street. Um, but she's worried because they want her to bring a urine specimen that they're going to know she's pregnant. Oh, yeah, you're right. So if I feel like it was real. Yeah, it had to have been. So, but I don't understand why she's like, first of all, you can't be pregnant and be in nursing school? Yeah. Or is it going to be because she's unmarried? Probably the shame of being pregnant and unmarried in 1976. I guess. But, and then, uh, so she has her 14-year-old uh, cousin give her a urine sample. Yeah, it, it's like, you know, if she was taking a drug test, but not. Yeah. And then... They find her vibrator. Oh, yes. You loved this. I was so mortified. <laughs> it was like they found your vibrator. They're, like, it turns on, and she's, well, she's like, what is this? Like, the 14-year-old mm-hmm. finds it. She's like, oh, it's my boyfriend. And then she turns it on, and they start throwing it at each other. Mm-hmm. It's like, you don't touch another woman's vibrator. Do you not understand where that's been? That's <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> And then she's like, oh, you can use it if you want. Like, what the fuck is that? And then later, Mm -hmm. she does. Yeah, she has an orgasm. It's so gross. Let me ask you a question. Okay, yeah, you said you were going to ask me something. What? First of all. Yes. The vibrator. Mm -hmm. Not to sound like I'm completely dumb. Okay. But how, like, because she apparently knows how to use it. How exactly is this used? Because it's a long white cylinder. Mm-hmm. But they call it a vibrator. Because mm-hmm. it vibrates. Does it go in? It can. Is it supposed to? Sure. Because I thought that was something else. I thought I thought something else went in and then the vibrator part was specifically for the I, I believe There are I'm, different toys. I believe I'm pronouncing this correctly. Um, the uh, clitoris. <laughs> the clitoris. Uh, there are different. Was well, it clitoris or clitoris? I don't know. So, like okay. tomato, tomato. You yeah. Can say either. Whatever. <laughs> I love, I love having this discussion because Carol hates talking about this stuff. You're you're describing a different sex toy than what they had. Oh, okay. Because there there is one of those that like goes. It usually has a piece that goes in, mm-hmm. and a piece that goes on the clitoris. Okay. Um. But they also make things like they're called a bullet that is just for the clitoris. It's just smaller and it vibrates. Mm-hmm. Or they have the dildos, like what they had. But they, dildos can also vibrate. And they can go in. They don't have to. I, my assumption at, at her age was that it didn't. Yeah. It probably just vibrated and on the outside. On the and outside, that was just like, yeah. like semi-circular motions or something like right. that. Gotcha. Wouldn't even necessarily need to do that if it's vibrating. Just hold it in place. Oh, okay. <laughs> so then, like, hmm. So then there are other things that vibrate just, like, around the home. Sure. What about, like, uh, shower head? Yeah. Oh, wow, really? Shower heads can do that. <laughs> <laughs> but, see, I think that's gross, too. Oh, yeah. Because, well, you know, people... You opt. you opt for me. People shower with those. Yeah, it's true. You don't really want that touch in anything. That's Agreed. gross. 
Yeah, but does it need to? It's just the water, right? Yeah, well, yeah. I guess it depends. Yeah. Carol just prefers me anyway, <laughs> so, you know, the real thing. Right, right. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, interesting scene. Yeah. Do you think, like, it seems to happen real quick. Mm-hmm. So do you feel like that was her first time with that? Like, her first time actually having an orgasm? Maybe. Interesting. Who knows? Uh, laying on her bath bathroom floor. It was very weird. Yeah, it seems weird. Disturbing. Female masturbation just seems weird in, what? in and of itself. Oh, what? And male masturbation is just completely normal yeah, and not that, weird? No, nah, it seems very normal. Well, it's because you have a penis. <laughs> that you know of. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> That's right, I do. I do know of it. Maybe it's just a very complicated vibrator. <laughs> Oh my god! Um, so yeah, after that she has sex with the guy. So that's like part of her. Her sexual awakening is part of this. Wait, so was the sex at, before or after the vibrator though? After. Huh. Okay. Well, then she definitely didn't put it in because she bled after she had sex. Ooh, that's yeah. You're right. Yeah, right. He he uh, he assumed the role of uh, Buster Hyman, and that's uh, oh my god. <laughs> that's so crude well they're just kind of like laying there they're like they're just like hanging out or whatever they have in the car yeah he has some pot and some um some cops show up and she goes wait and she like mounts him and starts kissing him and she's like a show for the cops so they don't come over here which i think is hilarious right you know two people sitting in a car just doing nothing Hey, that's suspicious. Two people fucking in a car, and they're like, well, carry on. Again. Yeah, that made no sense. I don't know the logic behind that. It worked. No, because, they yeah, they just took off, and then they ended up having, having sex. sex. Yeah, I mean, it definitely wasn't planned. I hope they use protection. hope she doesn't end up pregnant, too. Oh, I don't think they use protection. Yeah. That's, that's a thought. Yeah, she's going to give birth to the next Charles Manson. <laughs> God. And then... There was a, a weird scene where the dad is talking to the cousin. Yeah, this is the other this is the other very odd thing that happens. She's sitting on the floor and he's sitting on the bed mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden just out of nowhere it doesn't even fit into what's going on. He just reaches in her blouse. He's sad. Mm-hmm. He's sad because his what like they they, they, they the wife some like wants to give him to give up the kids or something like that. Oh He's, no! No, it's the the girlfriend wants oh, him to move right. in with her. That's right, and and leave the kids. And he's like, "What am I without my children?" And and all this other stuff and everything. Yeah, because she's pissed off because uh, the daughter had the audacity to start her period and bleed on her chair. Yeah, no, on her embroidery. She, she sounds the, like an asshole. She is an asshole. But I think what happened is maybe she embroidered the fucking like napkin. I don't know what that uh, was about, but the girl had grabbed something and put it underneath her. Uh, and that, I think, was what she was mad about. Gotcha. It was hilarious, though. She She's showing her how to use this, this like, pad with the straps and stuff. From 1950. Oh, my God. Like, I actually saw one of these once, but it about crumbled to dust. It was so old. <laughs> it came out of the vending machine in the church bathroom. Wow. Yeah, I was like, oh, I guess I'm not going to use that. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, those are some scary contraptions. But yeah, so um, so yeah, he's he's all sad and everything, and then like you said, she's she's 
whatever, and then he reaches and like starts to touch her breast, and then he stops, mm-hmm. and she's like, "It's okay, you didn't mean it, or whatever," and they just go on with. Life. Did she? She said something to him. Okay, but he didn't. Did he apologize? I think so. Yes. Okay, but. It was weird. And, like, when he did it, she made a face like like it pained her that that happened. Mm-hmm. But I kind of feel like it happened before. I don't feel like that's the first time. I don't know. I get what you're saying. The events of the movie, I th- like, after that, because they talk about it. The two women talk about mm-hmm. it. Two young girls. Yeah, well, I mean, the I think Marissa Tomei is supposed to be an adult. She, she's 27 or 29 or yeah, something like yeah, that. So yeah, so she's an adult. Yeah. But um, they, they, the two of them talk about it. And she says something like, hey, you know, sometimes when a man is like whatever, like sad or, or you know, what, he'll do something that he doesn't mean. And like, it's basically, it's excusing the behavior. Mm-hmm. It's ba- like basically like you can't. You can't fault them or whatever. Like, they, they, they go back to their base instincts and stuff like that. And so she completely excuses the behavior. It doesn't sound like someone that this has happened to a lot before. Hmm. Like, the way she explains it, she explains it like it was a one-time mistake that he made. And that that's it. Like, she doesn't... She doesn't... Um, she doesn't make it sound like it's, you know, hey, it's a thing I had to deal with growing up or whatever. Um, and he's also talking, it actually does kind of fit in now that I think about it, because he's talking about the fact that she wants a companion, but they can't have sex. Oh, and yeah. And he's, you know, he's like, you know, men have needs or something like that. And I think she ties that in with when she's explaining it to uh, to the girl. Um, I can't remember the character's name for some reason. Yeah, me either. But um, anyway, so... Like, she talks like that. So in that way, it makes me think that this was, like, a one-time thing that happened. However, their relationship before that scene Mm -hmm. makes me think that it... Because it seems almost kind of inappropriate, their relationship at the very beginning. She's like, Uncle Murray, you know, and, and like... Yeah, she's, like, almost a little flirty with him. Yeah, and it's like, it's always been, you know, us against him and and stuff like that. And it it seems like they have a, a... a, rela- a close relationship that's maybe more than familial. Mm-hmm. Or f- uh, familial. And, um, yeah, so I question it on that end, but I don't know. I don't, like, the movie pulls me in two different directions, and I don't know what to think. What I really didn't like, though, is our, our main character basically blamed her cousin for her father assaulting her. Yes. And that's not fair or right. Agreed. But it was probably easier than being mad at her father. And then after that, she runs off to a plastic surgeon to get her breasts removed or a breast reduction, Reduction. essentially. She wants, like, no breasts left because she's she's rejecting sex and growing up, and she's having a very hard time with all this. Yeah. Well, and, like, something about... You know, she she thinks breasts cause all the problems, and somehow, like her mom's breasts cause the problem. So maybe her mom was cheating or something. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, but yeah, and this guy, the doctor knows she's a kid, and she just like lies, and he's gonna fucking do it. Well, he's he. It was a consult. I don't think he was actually gonna do it. But no, he was showing her. But 
it's completely inappropriate anyway. Yeah. She's a 14-year-old girl topless on his table. I know he's a professional and shit and a nurse was there and stuff, but like with no parents around giving any kind of consent, I, that seems weird to yeah, me. Yeah, very weird. But again, 1976. Yeah, so 70s, so. Who knows? Um, But yeah, and then she, so she tells her in the, the bathroom of the uh, restaurant at the airport where they met Carl Reiner and his wife. Yeah. About the whole incident, and then she tells her about wanting to, and she's like, and I looked at my breasts, and I, I looked at the stunt double's breasts, and I said, that's that's <laughs> mom there, you know, or whatever, and she's like, I, it's the family, and I didn't want to, like, mutilate that or whatever. So I think she's kind of beginning to accept what she's becoming. I hope I hope so for I mean like I realize she's a fictional character but like I was really emotionally invested in her being mm. okay and she is not No well she ends up stabbing her uncle Yeah <laughs> with a fork She well, reenacts a story her dad told her Yeah Why don't you tell the dad story if you can remember The dad used to own a restaurant back east and he talked about this cook that made the greatest steak and all this stuff and everything and he's drinking there at the end of the shift one night. He's like, hey, you want to just sit down for a minute? And the guy's trying to leave. And the whole time he's trying to leave, I'm thinking, like, I was thinking, like, he's going to quit. He's going to, like, this guy is a boorish drunk that, like, tries to talk, like, you know, like, is talks to people all the time and, like, talks down to him and everything. And the, the cook's going to be, like, because he says, well, we're friends, aren't we? You know, or whatever. Uh, that's what Alan Arkin says to the cook. And I'm thinking, like, the cook's going to be like, you know what, we're not fr- fucking friends. You're a piece of shit, and I'm so sick of it, and I, and I thought he was going to leave, and that was, like, the end of the restaurant or whatever. But instead, we figure out why he's trying to get out of there as fast as possible. Um, he's talking to me. He's like, oh, you know, it's, we've been friends for a long time. You know, uh, you know, you're such a good person, and, like, uh, blah, blah, blah. And then he rears up a fork and stabs him right in the fucking thigh. And he goes, and he has no reaction. And he goes, hey, you got a uh, you got a fork in your thigh. You're not screaming or whatever. That's weird. And he's like, uh, looks like there's blood. Let me, let me look at the wound. And he's like, come on, Marie, please, you know. And uh, he's got steaks. He's got a bunch of steaks. He's got steaks in his pants. He's got steaks. And he's been stealing steaks from him. That was a hell of a gamble. Like, what if yeah. he was wrong? What if it was in a different part of his body? Right. Like what if there? What if that thigh was clean, but the other thigh had the steak? But maybe he could see the shape of it or something. Maybe. But yeah, and he he's he basically says like I'm feeding your fucking family because he's like we don't have any money, we're struggling, you know. He's like I pay your salary, I'm feeding your fucking family. You're nothing. You're a piece of shit. And he's he's such an asshole. To oh him. yeah, he's a bad person. Yeah, he is. And, and in general, he is a bad person. But. Then later, it's almost exactly the same thing. His brother is saying the same same thing to him. Mm-hmm. And then his daughter fucking stabs him in the leg with a fork. Yeah, but instead, there's no steak there. No, no. There's not, there's not even a wad of cash there. <laughs> where, like, that would have been, like, a parallel, but, but silly. But there's no wad of cash there or anything to, to break it. It just goes into his fucking leg. And he's like, you're fucking crazy. And they all leave, and Marissa Tomei leaves. Well, yeah, so. and, and she tells them that she's pregnant at that point so yeah. they're pissed and they take her away so now they don't have any money again yep and they are back to living the scummy life that they were living before i don't understand though she's fucking 29 years old like how is how do they have the power 
to just be like, okay, you're coming with us now. Like Sometimes when you come from a family like that that has a lot of money, they use that money to con- as a form of control. Yeah. And I think that's what – I think I 100% think that's what that guy's doing. That's, that's what awful. Carl Reiner's doing. He's using that as a way to control and feel better than everyone. He's also a bad person. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, like – what did you think of the movie? I know, like, afterwards you were like, oh, my God, that was a fucked up film and stuff like that. Well, I mean, it is. It's a fucked up movie. Um, but I, I did enjoy watching it. Yeah. It's a good watch, but it, it leaves you feeling, like, just awful about humanity. I thought it was filled with a lot of really interesting ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see a lot of coming-of-age movies about women. Right. So I thought that perspective was very interesting. I mean that's essentially what this movie is. It's 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 that girl Natasha Leone's character um, trying to make sense of her place in the world and make sense of what she is becoming, the woman that she is blossoming into essentially, um, and and everyone else is you know we see it kind of from her perspective, like how they relate to her in her life, you know? right? Um, and I thought that was very interesting. Yeah. And her brother got the Sky Masterson party wanted, so <laughs> I think that was. Uh, I think the Frank Sinatra uh, Nathan Detroit character is the better character, but uh, that's probably just because I'm partial to Sinatra, right? But he did sing the uh, "Luck Be a Lady Tonight" mm-hmm. in his underwear. Yep, and that was nice. That that <laughs> character's or that actor's name was David Crumholtz. So that's a hell of a name. David Crumholtz, everyone. Only Crumholtz. Um, anyway, so that is the episode, Carol, if you want to tell people things. So you can write us at latefee1994 at AOL.com. Uh-huh. Check out our website at www.retrolatefee.com. Yep. And share the tapes with your friends. Right, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.